This is The Future is Yesterday. I'm T. Aaron Sisko. I write speculative fiction, sci-fi, Afrofuturism, uh, stories, novels, novellas, all that good stuff. And I, quite frankly, never learned how to format my contact, my, my content for audiobooks. So I've decided to do this podcast as a way to get the materials out. I've been reading excerpts from my works, uh, starting way back with my latest book, which was Rod String Nail Cloth, and then more recently, these last few episodes, I've been reading from my first book, Teleportality, and this is chapter 13, the final chapter, I believe, yeah, it's the last chapter, we're ending it out, this is where it all comes to a head, this is Teleportality, chapter 13, Wilhelmina Harvey is Beautiful. I slip into a familiar skin, but realize that all is pantomime. The endless days of repetitious routine offer no escape, just a distraction to wait out the inevitability of more repetition. In the end, it's plain to see that who I am is incomplete without you, but without you there's no me to begin with. This is not obsession. This is what life feels like when lived within the confines of living. Her hand reaches up. Her fingers press lightly against my cheek, palm, and my chin. Eyes locked forever in a moment that passes before it can be realized. This is purpose. I see her as she is. She sees me. I'm not worthy. In an act of pure generosity, she smiles at me. I smile back. She kisses my forehead. More of her unending generosity. I close my eyes. The laboratory lamps buzzed noisily above us as their unforgiving light covered us like a suffocating blanket. The room was incredibly large but small at the same time. I remember the first time I opened my eyes, emerging from the endless black of death and saw the confident face of Dr. Aaron Harvey. But that was not the Dr. Harvey I saw now. Not this scrawny, slobbering mess who currently was groveling at the linoleum beneath our boots. It was an odd display, to say the least. This was the person who would liberate all of humanity from the captivity of mortality. Hundreds of billions of people across tens of millions of cities would no longer have to worry about illness or hazards, and the one responsible for it was blubbering like a child. That's the guy, right? Sochi asked, breaking the awkwardness by aiming her rifle. Hold it right there! A quivering voice rang out from behind us. Wheeling around, we saw her, standing unsteadily on the other side of the lab by a row of bioanalysis equipment holding a modified rail pistol. I recognized that gun anywhere. It was little big sister. But what really made our jaw drop was who was holding it. Is that? I asked, astounded. I think it is, Rosemary responded, pushing the barrel of Sochi's rifle down. Look. We're only a day late on our research excise payments, but the processor told us we were in the clear. If you're here to... Wilhelmina, no! Dr. Harvey yelled from the floor. I don't think these people are association representatives. It is her, I whispered to Rosemary. It is, Rosemary responded. It was clear she hadn't been expecting this either. What's going on? Who is that? She's beautiful. She looks kind of like us. So she asked. Not as much as you guys look like me, but... Wait, is she like us? How many of us are us? No. I began. That's that's Wilhelmina Harvey. Wilhelmina Romero Harvey. She's supposed to be dead right now. Self-inflicted lacerations on the left and right cubita fossa, which severed the ulnar arteries and resulted in rapid exsanguination. 
What? Wilhelmina whimpered, frightened and confused. You slit both your wrists down to the elbow. Slit her wrist to the elbow? Sochi sounded even more confused than Wilhelmina. What does that even mean? Uh, like this. Farrell drew his finger across his wrist, but up here. He pulled his fingers up to the pit of his elbow. His motions would have been menacing even if he hadn't just blurted out the cause of death. Wilhelmina understandably freaked out. No! She cried, pulling the trigger. The blast caught Rosemary squarely on the tattoo on the side of her face, blowing the epidermal layer and some of the underlying systems across the wall and floor behind her. The jagged hole in her face was disturbingly beautiful, as teleportality energy glowed brightly from the wound. A chunk of her cheek, with the teleportality stack still attached, was on the floor behind us, and it was glowing too. Wilhelmina seemed more shocked than any of us. Dr. Harvey scuttled over to comfort her. Rosemary raised her hand to her face, covering the injury. The fact that she was still standing after taking a shot from little big sister directly to the face was astonishing. And to think, I thought I'd actually be able to go toe to toe with her. She nodded her head and concentrated. The light from the teleportality energy blew brighter and then dimmed. She clenched her fist and the light repeated the same pulsing pattern. Finally, she grunted and the light flashed bright just for a moment, then faded completely. First Farrell, then Sochi, and lastly Wilhelmina and Dr. Harvey collapsed unconscious like dominoes. Oh man, that never gets old. I love that trick. I smirked at Rosemary. Yeah, well, until we figure out how to get the teleportality systems fully operational, that's probably the last time I can do it, she answered. Is the system completely wrecked? Are you okay? I asked. I'm fine. And no, the system isn't completely wrecked, but it was already damaged, and that blast from Little Big Sister pushed it over the top. Speaking of which, I smirked. I walked over to Wilhelmina's unconscious form. The resemblance really was uncanny. If someone was asked to identify Sochi's mother from a lineup, they would have picked her every time. Wilhelmina Harvey is beautiful, but so was that pistol lying next to her. I picked up Little Big Sister. Felt good to have her familiar grip back in my palm. So what now? I don't understand it either, Rosemary began. The date is right. The place is right. We intervened with Sochi Whitewood's death. At this point, Wilhelmina should have been long dead. And if she didn't die when she was supposed to have died, then what would have inspired Dr. Harvey to develop neurogenesis further and create me? I, I thought you said teleportality takes you out of the existing reality, leaving the timeline unaffected, I asked. It does, Rosemary replied. She and I bristled at the same time. We knew instantly who it was, no matter how impossible. Dr. Aaron Harvey stood up and tapped the side of his head. He was still unconscious, but clearly, the Dr. Harvey from our timeline was using WBES to control the body from this timeline. WBES. Nearly a half century ahead of schedule. Incredible, isn't it? The voice spoke without moving a mouth. The expression flat and cold. After the incident at the association headquarters, Sorry, Billy, you didn't make it to that. Uh, I realized that Rosemary was right. I couldn't go back far enough because there would be no receiver. But then I realized that I could, however, transmit instructions and directions via messaging systems. It took a few years and a lot of convincing, but as you can see, it worked. Rosemary grabbed little big sister from my hand and blew out his knee. The body collapsed to the floor. Well, why didn't you do that in the first place? Her teleportality systems roared back to life. The light emanated from the gash in her face and glowed intensely. Why did you make me commit intergalactic genocide? 
another shot to count his other knee. Well, technically, it's interplanetary genocide, Dr. Harvey's smug retort echoed through our heads while his physical body rolled on the floor in a bloody, legless heap. On the bright side, however, the circumstances leading to the end of life in the association are extremely unlikely to occur. Rosemary's fury snowballed into a recalcitrant, uncontrollable rage as she shoved a little big sister back at me. No, she gritted her teeth. You do not get a happy ending. Rosemary unleashed a thunderous cry that was fueled by anguish and wrath. A dazzlingly brilliant light filled the room, hurting my eyes, as if I had been staring directly into the natural sun. The familiar but no less horrifying roar of teleportality filled my ears. Then, as quickly and overwhelmingly as it had begun, it stopped. Silence filled the laboratory. Rosemary and Dr. Harvey were gone. Or, Dr. Harvey's body. Wilhelmina... Sochi and Farrell were unconscious. At least I had a little big sister. I ran my fingers down the sides of her barrel. I missed her so much. Sochi and Farrell slowly came to and walked over to me. What happened? Where's Rosemary? Where's the Dr. Harvey guy? Sochi asked, disoriented. They're gone, I answered. Are, are they coming back? Where'd they go? I don't know, I answered. Sochi's head exploded. Farrell and I reeled around just in time for a second blast to blow a gaping five-inch hole through Farrell's chest. Dropping quickly, I rolled behind the laboratory table. Wilhelmina Harvey held Sochi's butane rifle. She was still shaking the cobwebs from her psyche, but her eyes were wide open. Where's Aaron? She cried, firing another shot that blew up dozens of pieces of equipment on top of the lab table. Various chemicals and components rained down on me. What have you done? She was sobbing uncontrollably and firing rapidly. She suddenly, something stirred inside of me, and I suddenly realized that my memory engrams weren't random. I tightened my grip on little big sister, peered around the side of the table and aimed. Shooting the rifle out of her hand started her, but not as much as our bodies colliding as I dove over the table and tackled her. Pinning her down, I grabbed her trembling shoulders and looked her directly in her horrified eyes. Wilhelmina. The way my fingertips cascade like rainfall, running through the valleys and the soft fields of flesh that cover your exquisite back, your scent, your taste, your laugh, the way you say my name when you're angry, it's the nanosecond before the palms of our hands bridge the tortuous gap of empty space between us. It's the challenging intellect that can astound me one moment and reduce me to absolute laughing hysterics and next. It's the reason the spark of life was ignited by the creator and spread out across hundreds of millennia. Your father used to say that people never get what they want. He believed that people, especially people like us, only get what we deserve. And I deserve you. You deserve me. I exhaled and stared at her. Wilhelmina stared back. She wasn't crying anymore. She didn't move. She was barely breathing. Even with all that she had just seen, all that she had just been through, hearing her wedding proposal to Aaron Harvey recited verbatim was the most bizarre. What are you? She finally mustered, collapsing to tears. Before I could answer, the laboratory began to shake. I climbed off Wilhelmina and dashed over to the laboratory windows. Just a few hundred feet away, the massive pop control vehicle slowly advanced into view and aimed its rail cannons. Sochi and Farrell were dead. Wilhelmina was having a complete mental breakdown, and Rosemary and Aaron had used telepatality to go who knows where or when. And that's when it hit me. Scrambling back into the center of the lab, I searched the floor furiously. There it was, still glowing. 
that chunk of Rosemary's cheek with the teleportality text still attached, still glowing, still operational. I had no idea how to trigger it or how to use it or, or control it, but I did know that within a few minutes, that PCV was going to level this place. Rosemary is me, just upgraded, so her epidermal layer should be compatible. Binding wounds to reseal cuts and abrasions, that, that should work. So scrambling to the laboratory table, I found a surgical pin laser and turned it on. Whew, this was going to suck. Cutting a section of my own cheek out was not what anyone would call pleasant. My sensor system screamed at the as the beam cut through my artificial skin. Cutting it was bad. Peeling it off was worse. I held a chunk of flesh with a still glowing teleportality tech against the wound. Come on now, work, damn it. The top of the lab was annihilated by a blast from the PCV rail cannon. Debris rained down on us. I couldn't see Wilhelmina anymore through the dust and particles and wreckage. And yes! I felt my skin mesh with rosemaries around the edges of the wound. My entire body felt recharged. The teleportality must have been taking over my primary systems. It wasn't entirely compatible, and my vision processors tinted everything with an odd shade of blue and white, but it was working. Now we had to see if we could trigger it. A second rail cannon blast tore through the walls, knocking me over. The power went out, and the only light came from the sun above, filtered through the rubble. Focusing all of my concentration, I felt my sensors going haywire. I opened my eyes just as the pain grew to its most intense and forced my systems to stay operational, and I, I did it! I was using teleportality from the inside. Biting off unconsciousness, I realized that this is what heaven looked like. I couldn't see Wilhelmina. I couldn't see the bodies of Sochi or Pharaoh, but I could feel their presence in the same way you know where your feet are when your eyes are closed. And the colors, my god, the colors! Hundreds of shades of red and blue, silver, orange, green, yellow, black, gold, beige, and purple flashed between and through each other. There were colors I knew that were colors, but couldn't identify by name because I'd never seen them before. I saw extreme detail across an endless vastness I couldn't fathom. Everything was everything at once and not at all. Beneath the crippling pain, I felt completely at ease. I disintegrated into a scattered collection of a quadrillion particles. I was one and many, distinctive yet the same. Then I was flying impossibly fast. So rapidly, it felt like existence itself stood still. The entire universe within teleportality collapsed into one point, and I was barreling through a hole smaller than an undersized leptin, faster and faster until the very concept of reality itself slowed to nothing more than flashes of light, followed by absolute and tangible darkness. And then, as immediately as it had begun, it ended. I opened my eyes, and there it was. I was exactly where I needed to be. That was the end of my first novel, Teleportality. Uh, you know, a few episodes back, I read from a chapter called The Child of Sisyphus. It was chapter 11, if I'm not mistaken. And I got, that's the one I used to get the most questions about because it's written in flashback from the perspective of Dr. Harvey's fractured psyche being viewed through Billy, who doesn't know what she's looking at. Or uh, Chapter 13 would be the second, or the chapter I get the second most amount of questions about, particularly the ending. I mean, basically, you know, Sochi, Billy, Sochi, Rosemary, and Farrell are stuck in the past. They've found Dr. Harvey's lab, and then they're confronted by Wilhelmina, who was the woman that kind of, you know, Dr. Harvey's in Billy and Rosemary's reality. She's, she's dead, and that's what triggers Dr. Harvey's obsession with developing, perfecting neurogenesis and developing teleportality in the first place, but because Harvey, future Harvey, that tricked Rosemary into committing uh, interplanetary genocide, 
was able to utilize some of that technology and these ideas instead of sending his entire consciousness back he sent messages back to teach past him how to do certain things and how to save Wilhelmina and so the reality that uh, Rosemary, Billy, Sochi and Farrell found themselves in is a new reality uh, he changed reality itself so while space time can't be altered reality can which is what makes teleportality such a powerful technology and so that's where they're at that's they're kind of confused and so um billy or rosemary is clearly still affected by having killed all life in the future uh and when dr harvey's consciousness from her future from her timeline comes back to reanimate the body from this past harvey um she grabs him and takes him away now where i like to leave open but it's like you know i like to think that maybe she just used teleportality what was left of it to just you know unmake reality that's my headcanon and i know as an author I, I should have the answers but i like to leave it kind of open but really the question i get the most with this chapter in particular is the what does the ending mean like so yes we we know that the pop control vehicle tracked them down it's destroying the lab uh so she had her head blown off by Wilhelmina because Wilhelmina was freaking out because she saw some strange lady get shot in the face and not get hurt and then grab what she thought was her husband and disappear and then she blew a hole in Beryl's chest killing him and the pop control vehicle starts destroying the thing so Billy realizing that she needs to get the hell out of there grabs Wilhelmina uh, freaks her out by reciting verbatim the same words that Wilhelmina had used to propose to Harvey and then Billy grabs teleportality, the chunk of flesh <laughs> that was shot off of Rosemary, reintegrates to her own system, and then uses teleportality to what? That's the question. Where does Billy go? What does she mean when she says she's exactly where she needs to be? Um, well, I don't like to ruin it because it's sort of like if you explain the joke, it's not a joke. But uh, because I've gotten the question of what's happening in that final sequence is Billy experiencing teleportality, understanding everything getting all the answers to the questions like what you know the the main question of course what happens when we demonize our past to lionize our future but have to work with all the variations of ourselves at once billy gets that answer and billy finally finds peace uh in death but i didn't want to come out and say it that way because you can't really narrate your own death when you die so the idea that she's exactly where she needs to be um, that that's billy kind of saying that she has passed on she's finally at rest uh or maybe because uh for those that follow my uh other accounts my what my, my social media stuff where i talk about my upcoming works i i have another book coming that's my first attempt at fantasy but then i also have one that um, a few people have been asking about which is yeah it's a follow-up there's a sequel to teleportality um where it's a continuum which is really so even though billy's dead we know that in the world thanks to aaron harvey his breakthroughs with neurogenesis and the creation of teleportality that death is just a temporary fleeting state but that was fun uh i like reading this i think i'm going to continue in order perhaps or you know what? i'm not going to go in order i'm just going to keep bouncing back and forth uh now that we've done rod string nail cloth just finished teleportality i think next up uh be reading from my pulp series which is still in progress 
uh, which is called Big Ass Aliens. And just kind of a heads up on that title. You're like, that title's kind of silly. Broad string nail cloth is like ambiguous and poetic. Teleportality is a big multisyllabic jumble of words. Why is your sci-fi serial, pulp serial called Big Ass Aliens? Well, the original title of that was The Perspicacious Rise of Javari. And then a friend of mine said, no, don't do that. That is a terrible title, which in hindsight, yes, it is an admittedly terrible title. Uh, and I was talking with her a little bit like, well, what am I going to call it? You know, all my titles tend to be a little bit on the that side of things. And she asked me what the book was about. And I started to explain like, well, it's about these big ass aliens who and she's like, stop right there. That's the title. Big ass aliens. And I've got to give her credit. She was right. Uh, the serial, which is just little. I really seem just like the old pulp short stories and stuff like that that I used to read when I was a kid in the library. Uh, yeah, it's it's Big Ass Aliens, Chapter 1, Big Ass Aliens, Chapter 2, etc., etc. But every time people see it, even though they're small books, there's little pocket-sized, paperback, throwaway pulp books. You just read them for fun and then move on. Uh, everyone sees that title, and they kind of gravitate towards them. Especially when it was released, you're like, what? Big Ass Aliens? That sounds great. Anyway, I have front-sold and promoted this thing enough probably overhyped it um, but yes next episode we will be starting big ass aliens this is futures yesterday thank you for listening